So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And welcome to another episode of our Kardashian bonus show. Hey, Jewel. Hi, Em. Episode two, hot take may have been better than episode one. You took the words right out of my mouth. Julie, it was so good. It was really excellent. And listen, I am a sucker for a Scott and Sophia clarification plot line, but this Kim and Kanye and Chloe and Tristan is, it's where it's at. Because the thing is with the Sophia one, as much as I literally could have watched that all day, we never got it from her. And I know we never got it from Kanye either, but I feel like we were supplemented by hearing it both from not only Chloe and Tristan, but then everyone else's opinion on the situation as well. It was like so many different perspectives. Right. Like you never got an opinion from anybody else on the family about how they felt about Sophia really. Right. I mean, in general, I think they just wanted Scott to be happy. You could tell that they liked her, but it was not nearly as in-depth because they just didn't know as much. Of course. Yeah. Okay. Shall we? Yes. Guys, I think this is going to be a really good season. Like if if we're, we stick with the same theme of just a lot of quality information and not a lot of bullshit side plots, I think we're in for a really excellent season if you're somebody that cares about this. I really already don't want it to be over. I know. We were trying to figure out how many episodes. And when we were looking back, it's kind of inconsistent. Some ep- Some seasons are eight episodes, some are six, some are 12. It's hard to kind of tell. It's so sad how short they are. I hope this one is like somewhat elongated because it's the last one, but I guess we'll never know. I mean, I, we will know, but I guess we can't know right now. Yeah. So we start out with the opening scene. It's Chris and Corey, and they're coming to visit Kylie on set of Cardi's Watt video. And it's really fun watching this one just because any music video behind the scenes, but to watch Cardi get nervous to meet Kylie was such a mind-blowing concept for me. And just seeing their interactions is obviously not something we ever got to see before. So I loved that. Yeah, no, my brain couldn't really process that. Also, we know that Cardi and Chris have somewhat of a previous relationship. I think Cardi has spoken before about Chris being somewhat of a mentor to her. So to have Chris be the one to like be her safety blanket and introducing her to Kylie was just It was so funny, but they've met before. So that's why I was so confused why she was so nervous. I know it was, it was kind of a really sweet moment. And you saw how the, I guess, I guess you would call it admiration for each other was really mutual because Kylie, I know she was saying in a joking way when she's like, this is the highlight of my career, but you could tell she was really honored that Cardi asked her to be in it. And then Cardi is saying like, I was praying that you would say yes. So it was just a nice moment to see in general, even if you weren't a fan of the music video or Kylie's appearance, I liked watching their interaction. I loved every second of it. Also, I loved when they're showing Kylie on the screen and Chris gives a little, you're doing amazing, sweetie. There's nothing better than that. 
It's just like she really knows what the people want. She, she if there is one thing Chris Jenner knows, it is what the people want. Yes. Exactly. So the first real scene, it's Scott, Kim, and Chloe. They're at the Malibu house. And this is when we are introduced to the comment plot line. And Chloe says to Scott, I got a whole lot of action this weekend and Friday from your little comment you made. For anybody unaware, it was the photo of Chloe in that good American bikini. And Scott commented on it, Tristan is a lucky man. Okay. I have to just say... As if we couldn't be more interested in this show in general, the fact that they are discussing a comment that I know for a fact we posted seven minutes after it went up was a little bit, a little bit of a mind fuck for me. It it was because it was one of those situations also where I knew they weren't going to mention us. Like I, I knew it. Logically, I knew it. But somehow I still ended up really disappointed when they didn't. And it was like, I managed my expectations so well. Why was I still upset at the end of this? Well, because listen, this is the only time I want to say this this entire episode and then we will not talk about it again, but it's kind of the elephant in the room. So let's at least acknowledge it. Like I am obviously not crazy. We don't monopolize comments. Anyone can pick them up. However, that photo that they showed was our exact formatting with just the watermark cut off. And I know that because we specifically insta-sized the picture to, to make it that way. We were, we were debating, do we crop it? Do we not? We specifically made Scott's comment bigger. Like that was literally our photo just with the watermark cut out. So I definitely had that moment of like, couldn't you just throw us a bone? Like I knew it wasn't going to happen. I didn't expect it. I'm not crazy, but I did have that moment. I'd be lying if I said I didn't of like, I would have just loved to see that watermark on the screen. Let me ask you a question. And then I promise we can move on from this part of it. In your ideal world, if they were to mention us, how would you have wanted them to do that? Hmm, Interesting question. Well, we find out a little bit later on, obviously, which we'll talk about that Chloe actually deleted the comment. But since we posted it so quickly after, I guess maybe if she said something like she was scrolling through the comments of the comments by celebs post, maybe that is that crazy? No, not crazy. My ideal would have been similar to the deleting thing where she would have deleted it and been like, I deleted the comment, but comments by celebs had already picked it up. So it was too late. Oh my God, I would have died. I would, would you have dropped out? I think I would have. I would have. I also just like would have felt bad. Also, Chloe, it's funny. She like, well, she doesn't follow or anything, but remember a few weeks ago, we randomly saw she commented on like the Robin Williams video we posted. So she at least knows the count exists. Yeah, she does know it knows it exists. Definitely. So Chloe's explaining in her confessional what happened, basically how, you know, Scott made this comment. And she says, I'm getting bombarded with text messages and my publicist saying, oh my God, all these media outlets want answers. And honestly, me and Tristan are figuring things out, but I'm still trying to navigate my way through my feelings. And that's how I want to keep it. So I decided to delete Scott's comment just to try and get rid of all this unnecessary drama. I will say, I remember at the time we were outwardly questioning what happened. Did Scott delete it? by Chloe's request on his own, or did Chloe delete it? So I guess it's small in the scheme of things, but that was, I guess, confirmation. Yeah, I love that little confirmation. I remember thinking at the time that I thought that Chloe had texted Scott to take it down. Yeah, I remember I didn't feel, you know, sometimes we purposely won't post a comment in that situation, but by the time when we had posted it, it wasn't deleted. And I remember thinking, fuck it. I mean, it's everywhere anyway. Yeah, also the comment in it of itself was very harmless. It's only something that we could have known in retrospect that she wasn't thrilled with. And I don't think she blames anybody for running with that story for making it a headline. I think she like kind of blames just the situation itself. 
Yeah. And Scott says to her, you know, that could have just been me saying my opinion. And Chloe says, I don't even think it's that. I think it's how the public treats me. Then I had to remove my tagged photos. Everyone's putting a clown over me. And this is when Kim says, I'm also so over you bowing down to what the public thinks. And Scott's like, yeah, fuck them. Finally, this guy is being a really good guy. Chloe says, but that doesn't mean my feelings can just change. If there's one person that can confidently tell Chloe to stop caring about public opinion in terms of her relationship, it's Kim. Kim is the only person in that entire family. Again, they all get scrutiny. They all get stuff. But in terms of relationship and opinions on relationships and tuning out the public, Kim is far and away the opinion that is the most valid there. Kim has a level of credibility that none of the rest of them can have with this particular circumstance. And I just think, I don't know, I have... I have so many thoughts on this and, you know, Chloe really introduces us to what she's about to say in her confessional when she's saying, you know, I had to untag my photos because everyone's calling me a clown. I have to say when she was saying that, I felt like our conversation last week was right on par because we were talking about how out of anyone, Chloe is far and away the most affected by it all. And so we really got to watch that play out here. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's funny because the whole episode, they're kind of talking about how Chloe used to not care. Chloe was always had this fuck it attitude. And you and I have spoken so much about how, well, she always cared, but she just masked it better. And now she's having a really hard time masking that upset and that anger with the public having an opinion on every single thing she does. And I also think that now more than ever, just in terms of her relationship and in terms of her face being everywhere and in terms of what every single person has to say, I think there is more coming at her than ever. So it's understandable that like after everything she's been through, all she wants is for the public to just not have an opinion finally. And she just, she just can't escape it. And also I think that's something that can't be lost in all of this is like, it's really hard when you're figuring out something like she is with her relationship with Tristan and the public opinion is somewhat valid. It would be so easy to tune it out if she was sitting here being like, They have no idea what they're talking about. Everything that they're saying is untrue. Everything that they're saying comes from a baseless place because she knows it doesn't. So there's got to be an aspect of public opinion that's not just noise, but actually bringing up stuff for her where she's like, okay, maybe that is a valid point. Maybe I should be putting off my relationship with Tristan because these people are making points that aren't so far off. Well, that's the thing, you know, one, the fact that there's validity or certain level of validity to what they're saying based on the actions. But I think also when you haven't arrived at a place where you are hundred percent fully confident, it's far more easy to be influenced. And so, you know, in your normal life, if you're a normal person that is not famous, it's a very common thing to decide that you're going to make a decision by yourself in your quiet space before even bringing that up to your friends and family. You don't want to be influenced by their opinions. She does not have that luxury. And I understand that's just part of her job. It's the reason that they're so successful. And so she's lost that luxury. And, you know, you can, you can try to put yourself in her shoes about what it does to that decision process. And also we'll get into this in a second, but when she says earlier to Scott, you know, it's the way the public treats me. That was not just in regards to Tristan. That was a loaded comment because Chloe gets it far worse than any of them. And I think, you know, you're just seeing it with Tristan in this one manifestation, but that's consistent with pretty much everything. Yeah, absolutely. And it's such a trend for Chloe. And and yeah, you're right. It's It's easy for her to kind of take this one example to represent all of the shit that she's going through and that's being said about her. Um, and I think the other thing with Chloe is like, 
I think as much as you want to pretend that you don't care what people think about you, it's you're always going to. And I don't just mean like in terms of her relationship and getting back together. I don't think Chloe wants to be seen out here by the public looking like a pushover, looking like you can walk all over her, looking like you can do whatever you want to her and she'll just take it back and she'll just take it because that's who she is. There's also an aspect of this that goes beyond her relationship and just goes to how she's being viewed as a human being. Yes. And, you know, two things, because one, in her confessional, when she's saying, you know, I've always been incredibly vulnerable and so open with the show, with my life, every avenue, I never thought twice about it. But recently, I would say I'm really affected by what people have to say about my relationship. So this is when she's kind of introducing the idea of heightened privacy. And then second of all, when she's talking to Kim and Scott, just in their conversation, she says, you know, I don't want my peers and people that I love and respect to look at me and be like, oh, this bitch. So that's when she says, that's why when all of this outside noise is not around me, we're great. Tristan and I operate fine. We have fun together. It's enjoyable and it's easy. So this again goes to last week's conversation. And I think I brought it up on the regular episode, the idea of like embarrassment and why is it that she's embarrassed when she's not the one that did anything wrong and why is she feeling a sense of shame? And I know we talked about this, the idea of like, technically she has nothing to be embarrassed about. However, it's just normal to feel that sense of, you know, it's a hit to your pride. It's a hit to your ego and it's a hit to your heart. And so like, I can't blame her as much as I get people have that mindset of like, fuck the haters, do what you want, be happy. I just think it's so much easier said than done. Always. A hundred percent. Always. Yeah. We'll get into this more, but like we got some real good insight. Yeah, we did. And we have a lot of insight on, on all of them to come in this episode. So next scene, we're at the Malibu house. It's Kim, Malika and Chloe. And I just want to say, it's not that so much actually happens here, but we can deduce a lot from just the little bit of conversations, there's a lot of body language and let's just start to get into it because I know I have a feeling this is a scene that we could talk about for a very long time, correct? Yeah, definitely. So Kim walks in and they're asking her how she is and she says she's sane. She goes, things are on my mind today. Let's all go outside. They go outside and Malika says to her, so is your husband running for president? Are you going to be the next first lady? That's what I want to know. And this is when Kim says, that is what I'm not sure of. And you see that Malika has this kind of playful attitude, very understandably so, especially Kim hasn't been open with any of them. So I don't think Malika's sure how to play it. And Kim's like, you know what? It's just been a long day. And in her confessional, she says, it's no secret that everyone sees things in the media about my life with Kanye, but I've always been really respectful in not talking about issues that Kanye and I have. I mean, you guys clearly see them on Twitter, so I'm going to still choose not to really talk about it here. And that one confessional, which we will get into more in a second, that one confessional sets the scene for exactly what we said last week about how we anticipated this level of privacy. And to me, I don't view that as like a slap in the face to the viewers because Kanye never signed up for being down for this. It's very different if it's like a Courtney and Scott dynamic when the show has been such a huge part of both of their lives. But when you are with someone who is actively choosing to not participate in the show, and also when there's so much mental health at play, I get it. Like, obviously, selfishly, I want it, but I get it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's something she does well here is she finds that balance between not talking about Kanye, not talking about their marriage or their relationship, but still being able to explain from her perspective how she feels, which is, I think in terms of answers, this scene gives a lot. And in terms of answers, that's kind of what we're the most interested in. Like, right now, we understand there's so much going on. And there was so much that was public at the time that this episode was being recorded. So 
there was a certain amount that was already answered. What you really wanted to know behind the scenes was, what does Kim think? What are her opinions? Is she laughing about this too? Or is this really upsetting to her? Does she think the presidential run thing is funny? Is she on board with it? Or is she really against it? And in terms of just her body language and how she's acting, all of those questions still kind of got answered without her saying too much. Yeah, for sure. And I also think that like, it's one thing out of respect for your husband to not want to talk about the specifics of what's going on. But when you've been on a show for so many years that it's really just processing your emotions in a confessional or with your family on camera, she should not then all of a sudden be robbed of that opportunity. So the fact that she can still talk about how she's feeling and almost kind of separate the two, you're right. I think she did a good balance. And I also have to say, and this is just very on brand for Kim, I think she did a really good balance of like not blaming him in a way. She very easily could have made this narrative of like, I don't want to say victimizing herself, but she could have. And I don't think people would have thought twice. And she really chose not to do that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the difference is between her and Chloe, like there's so much comparison between their relationships and how they're viewed by the public. Again, what we were saying before, how Kim is really the only one that gets to have a really valid opinion in terms of public opinion on her relationship. But the difference is, is that I think a lot of the times when something happens with Chloe and Tristan, obviously, like we said, Chloe gets made out to be like kind of the fool in the situation, people putting clown emojis over her, whatever. What happens with Kim a lot of the time is everyone has an opinion on it. But a lot of the time, it comes off like Kim is almost the hero for sticking with it and and staying by his side to the extent that she has. So I think it's also easier to process those emotions and talk about it on the show when you still get put in a somewhat positive light. Yes. However, the flip side of that is you see a lot of people feeling, obviously nobody knew what was going on, but feeling like maybe she was enabling him. I remember that a lot, right? And so that's kind of the more dangerous side of this because the stakes were a lot higher with what was going on with Kanye and Kim. Like it's one thing for people to have a, a an opinion on Chloe and Tristan because they feel like Chloe's lacking self-respect for taking back a cheater versus like, holy shit, this guy is like fucking with our government. And then and then what happens actually is in this weird kind of bizarre turn of events, it almost becomes that the public opinion actually is almost like more justified because it starts to impact them directly. It's it's really crazy when I, as I'm talking about this, realizing like the layers to all of these things, because no longer is it just, I'm a fan of Kim Kardashian or I'm a fan of Kanye West, or I'm a fan of their relationship or not. It's like, wait a second. I think that, and again, I'm just speaking of how people may have thought, I feel like Kim's inaction is now directly affecting who's going to win for president. That is a whole other world here. Right. And what you saw in this scene was the definitive proof that Kim was in no way down for this, Um, which, again, the criticism can be as well. She should have made that more apparent at the time, which I totally agree with. But she was in the middle of a really tough situation and not just with Kanye in terms of the work she was doing in the White House. It's very layered here. And, And you're right. It's not as easy as just Kim being Kim or Kanye being Kanye. There was so much to this and you see Malika kind of joking around about it and Kim being like please don't feed into it like you don't Kim's like this isn't funny like I I don't want to talk about it but like this does not require any of your attention or your support or anything like that which I thought was refreshing in retrospect to see yeah and 
you know, it made me think, which we may get more into this as it goes on. And I know this is kind of like a probably unproductive thought, but I just had it. So I want to say it. I don't necessarily think it's additive. Do you remember when Courtney had posted that Insta story in the Kanye for president hat or whatever it was with the swipe up? Mm-hmm. And we, I think we said that she was, I believe, and don't quote me on this, but it definitely wasn't Kim. I think Courtney was the only family member that outwardly supported or even quote supported his run. And I wonder if that caused any tension between her and Kim. Yeah, I don't know. Well, let me let me clarify my question. Didn't this scene make you feel like that's a possibility? Not saying it did, but based on Kim's reaction in this scene, it could make me feel like she would be disappointed in any of her family members even remotely feeding into it. Yes, that is the vibe I picked up from this one conversation that Kim would not have been down for Courtney doing that. But anyway, so when Malika's talking, you see Kim start to speak and then say, you know what, I actually don't want to do this on camera. And Chloe in her confessional says, Kim handles things really private into herself. She's someone who's calm and cool and we all respect that. But I know because she's not talking about it, even to us privately, that it's really affecting her. Which is very Kim of her. Very. So next scene, we're at the Malibu house again. It's Chloe, Malika, and Kendall. True comes out. She's so cute. And they're all just you know, talking. And this is when the conversation about Kendall and her potentially wanting to be a mom comes up. And Kendall says, you know, some days I'm really thinking about it. And Malika says, I think it's natural to think about it, but you've got plenty of time. And Kendall says, which is is interesting because we've spoken about this, about how it really kind of shifted for her when Kylie had her baby. And then she says, you know, one of my best friends is having a kid, which we of course know now is Gigi. And I guess for me, I've always wondered how those impact her versus Courtney or Chloe or Kim. And so to hear her kind of say that that is, there is truth to that, I found to be kind of just like an interesting revelation. Right. Because the vibe we've always gotten from Kendall up until this point was like, I'm the only one without a kid and I love it that way right now. Like I love the, I don't want it yet. And this was definitely a switch from like, I'm the only one without a kid and now I'm kind of thinking about it. And I do wonder if that is a reflection of her relationship. Oh, you're saying, yeah, that's interesting. I don't know. I I'm, She doesn't say that and she doesn't even hint at the fact that she's dating somebody at this point, which we know she is. She's dating Devin at this point um, because we had seen the pictures of them early in quarantine, seemingly the very beginning of their relationship. So I don't think that she would have gone and said like, I'm seeing somebody and now I picture having kids with them. But I do think that if she sees herself in a relationship that's maybe more serious than previous ones she's been in, then the idea of kids and being the only one in the family without a child would be coming to light a little bit more. Yeah. No, I I definitely think there's truth to that. I mean, if you remember, this had to have been at least a year ago, probably more. There was that meme and it was something to the effect of like, when they say pregnancies in the air and it's a picture of somebody with like a plastic bag over their face. And she posted that. I remember there were comments on that. That was a whole thing. That was like kind of her first declaration of saying, I want no part of this. And so to see her shift in attitude, even though she acknowledged that it could just be a temporary thing and it could just be, you know, breeded from the boredom of quarantine, I guess the point I'm making here is I'll never get sick of Kendall opening up about her thoughts on motherhood, whatever way they are. I just like hearing her talk about it. Same. I so agree. Also, I will never get sick of her referring to people that we know by name as her friend. I know, right? <laughs> like, yeah, we, we know your best friend is pregnant. Like, do you also, can I ask you a serious question? Like, do you think there was anybody that watched that that went, I wonder who she's talking about? 
no, there's no way. There's no way, right? I mean, I don't know. I guess there's the people that just like throw it on for background noise, but no, there's no way. It's hard to put yourself in those shoes, you know? Yeah. (laughs) I came to the realization recently that I was just like desperately in need of a closet clean out because you know when you're getting ready and you just can't find anything, you have so many things that you don't even wear that you can't find the stuff that you do wear and it's just like a chaotic and unenjoyable process. That was me. I'm still, to be honest with you, in the process of cleaning out. But one of the biggest game changers for me in this process has been finding just like high quality essentials that I can mix and match with anything so that I can have less things, but the things that I have, I can wear with a lot. And I've told you guys about them before, but I think that Quince is one of the best at this in terms of just finding the high quality, affordable pieces. And they have a lot of really great sweaters. I love their Mongolian cashmere oversized boyfriend cardigans. I just find them to be so comfortable. I have them in a bunch of colors. They also have washable silk tops, which are amazing, like really easy, comfortable, high quality throw-ons that you can wear for so many different occasions. And the best part is all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. So The way that it works is by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and then passes that savings on to us, which is kind of like best case scenario for all involved. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash CBC for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash CBC to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash CBC. So next scene, they're at the Malibu house. It's Tristan and Scott, and they're talking about the comment again. And Scott says to him, you know, I feel bad about the comment I made on Instagram that Chloe got all this drama from. And I really, I just want to say before we really get into the scene, I found that Tristan obviously didn't have to choose his words carefully when he was speaking to Scott. And I appreciated the fact that we got that before we got his interaction with Chloe, because I felt like we got more insight into where his mind really was. And then with the conversation with Chloe, I could understand, of course, he was handling it more delicately because it was more sensitive. Whereas with Scott, he was speaking about it with full, not that he wasn't honest with Chloe, but with full transparency. And I'm glad that this conversation happened first. Yeah, me too. I, I also was thinking about that just in terms of like, Tristan easily could be going to his friends about it. And I'm not saying that he's not like off camera, but he could easily be going to his friends about it to kind of just get whatever opinion is what he wants the most. Like when you go to your friends, obviously they're going to feed into you a certain amount and they're going to validate your feelings a certain amount. And Scott and Kim do that when he speaks to them. But by going to somebody that's Chloe's family and people who are looking out for Chloe first and foremost, he's getting the actual opinions of what they think and actually what is best for Chloe and actually what is right. And I think that changes the entire dynamic when he then goes to speak to Chloe about it. Oh, for sure. And also, you know, listen, it can't be ignored. Having the conversation guy to guy is just different, specifically man who has fucked up to man who has fucked up. Like Scott hasn't been in this exact situation, but he's been in very similar. And so- you know, we'd be remiss not to acknowledge that Scott's always going to have more of a soft spot because he can very easily slip himself into that role. Yeah, definitely. And this is when Tristan is saying that he really didn't see a problem with the comment, even when Chloe came to him about it. And he says to Scott, for me, it made me feel like I'm not a secret, which is exactly what we were saying last week to the point of 
you know what? At a certain point, Tristan is not going to be down for this. And this is when Scott says like, people may think that she's a pushover, but this has taken years and you've really put in the work. And Tristan says to Scott, I understand what she's going through. I understand I put her in this position, which I have to understand. And I accept that. And when he's in his confessional, I thought it was interesting that he said, you know, when Scott made that comment on Chloe's picture, it was great for me. Right. That was, yeah. Wasn't that like the most telling line? It really was. I I think this whole thing is so telling. I also think that like you're so right about in terms of like guy who fucked up to guy who fucked up and the advice that they can give because I do think that Scott has Chloe's back 100 million percent. But I think there is an aspect of Scott that's kind of speaking from what he would want in this time period and what, like the type of grace that he would want going forward. So just the whole dynamic is very interesting there. And what Tristan's saying is from his own perspective is also very interesting. Yeah. And, and you know what I have to say, like when push comes to shove, I'm always going to be on Chloe's side, but I understood what Tristan was saying. I really did. Because if you're actively making the choice to be with someone and in so many ways you are public about it, you're doing everything that shows that you're together at a certain point. I, I get it. I know, you know, when you're comparing the two, she is more of a reason to be upset. And, and I get that. And he gets that too. But it's not like his emotions are completely invalid. To me, they're not. No, I don't think they are either. I don't, I think even if you've done things that are wrong, you still are allowed to have valid emotions. Yeah. I just think, you know, we have to understand that there are some people watching this or even listening to this that like, no matter what Tristan says, it doesn't matter. And that's fine. And also, I think for a lot of people, it became personal because Tristan is no longer just Tristan. Tristan is a representation of, you know, their partner that has wronged them with cheating or with other things. And I get that. I, I really do. I can understand, you know, I can understand that. It's not, that's not how it is for me, but I don't want to like discount someone's feelings if that's how they're feeling about it. Oh, of course. And I think the thing for me with Tristan, specifically in this episode, is that I found myself like... He's so unbelievably charming and he comes across so well that I found myself being like, is this a change, Tristan, or is this the Tristan? And that's how he got himself in and out of the situation in the first place, because this is just how magnetic and charming he is that you can understand. Like, it's really hard to differentiate between those two things, whether like this is Tristan coming out on the other side of a scandal who genuinely wants to do better, who genuinely wants to work harder, who is just a different person now, or is this how he always did and we're kind of just falling into it again? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Obviously, that's not a question that I can answer. Right. But anyway, so Tristan says to Scott, if we're going to be back together, you're not letting anybody down that matters. Everybody that matters to you wants us to be happy and together. And this is when Scott, again, says, you know, right, you can talk about having a kid, but then you don't want to say that we're official. That's not fair. Talking about having another child together, that's like forever and ever. Okay. May I just say, there is no world when I watched that, that I didn't think Scott on some level was thinking about Courtney with that statement. He had to have been. Of course he was. He had to have been, right? I think that Scott's always thinking about Courtney. This next interaction between Tristan and Scott, I'm going to read verbatim. I know some people don't like when we do that, but it's important here because the nuances need to be picked up on. Okay. Everybody pay attention to this part. Tristan says, 
Why would you want to make a kid with somebody that you don't see yourself being with? We both wake up at 5 a.m., sit down and have family breakfast. Then we'll go literally watch TV with each other, binge watch some shows. We just hang out the whole time like a couple. So it's like we go on vacation, we go to Turks together, we're going to Palm Springs. Scott says, yeah, you stay in the same room. Tristan says, yeah, stay in the same bed. We're adults and we're basically a couple. Whew. I mean, I, I just... I knew it was happening. I just wanted to hear him say we're staying in the same bed because Chloe has been so goddamn and understandably ambiguous that to hear that was like, okay, so they are actively fucking. But, but are they? Like, yeah, they're staying in the same bed, but we just had an episode ago of Chloe saying, we're not going to conceive a baby that way because we aren't romantic together. Okay, here's my thing on it. The reason that I wanted to read that quote so verbatim is because when Tristan says, stay in the same bed, we're adults and we're basically a couple. If you watched it, he had this like smirk on his face, nodding towards Scott of like, yeah, I mean, we're having sex. That's what I think he meant by we're adults. I think he, I think those two words were basically an exchange for one another. That's what I would assume too. But again, I just want to bring up the point that every single thing they do together from like the when we thought they were back together going forward is so incredibly ambiguous that you can't say it for sure. Like we got confirmation that they can stay in the same bed. We didn't get confirmation that they are sexual with each other. Yes, with any other person on the planet, you would be able to draw that conclusion and say that with them, we don't get that 100% confirmation. Okay, we don't. And like, I will be willing to look like a fucking idiot. I'm gonna go on the record and say, they are sleeping together. There's no way. Right. And I totally get that. And I'm not saying they're not sleeping together. I'm not being like, they're sleeping in the same bed, but there's no way they're having sex. I'm just saying that every single thing Chloe has said on this is so ambiguous that for any other person, you would say, okay, yes, that's pointing at uh, completely back together. That's pointing at them having sex. That's pointing at intimacy. Whereas when Chloe does it, you can't 100% draw those conclusions. At this point, when they were filming, we thought they were fully back together. They aren't here. When Chloe posts his 30th birthday post and she calls him his best friend and everyone is saying like, oh, there must be back together, but nothing in that officially confirms it. Like it's all of these things where you think you know, and then she's like, we're almost there, but I keep pumping the brakes. Right. I, I, a thousand, like, I can't even express how much I agree with you, but the point that I feel like is being missed here is, this is not a Chloe scene. Chloe would have never said that. Chloe th- thus far has never said the words, and correct me if I'm wrong, but this season I do not believe she said, we sleep in the same bed. We're adults. There's no world. The reason that I found this to be so much more transparent and so much less ambiguous, even though it was still very ambiguous from what we've seen, is because this was Tristan talking to Scott candidly saying, we're sleeping next to each other. Chloe I don't think would have been down for him saying that, although by the time that they're editing it, she really doesn't care and she's worked through that. But that is why it was kind of one of those like gotcha moments in a way, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm just saying it's still, you can't say for sure. I'm just, it's, it's, I agree with you. And I think that's 100% what it is. But again, he confirmed they're sleeping in the same bed on vacation. Did he confirm they're sleeping in the same bed at home? I don't know. Listen, if I'm wrong on this one, I'm wrong on that one and this one and that's okay. And maybe I just, you know what? Maybe here I am sitting looking at Tristan who I recognize his faults, but personally for me, I find him to be unbelievably attractive. And I don't see a world in which you're in quarantine. You can't be having sex with anyone else and you're just sleeping in a bed just like platonically. 
There's no fucking way. I don't think so either. I also don't think this is a matter of right or wrong. I just think it's a matter of it's impossible to read Chloe sometimes. Right. No, it's so true. But again, we're not reading Chloe here, remember? Right. But in a way you are because you're reading Chloe to the extent where she may say, okay, I'm comfortable sleeping in the same bed, but we're not doing anything else. I'm not saying that's what's happening. And I'm not saying that's what I would do in that situation, obviously. But every single thing we get from Chloe or Tristan on behalf of Chloe and maybe their actions in life, maybe, you know, because we're kind of reading this as like, this is what Chloe's giving us versus this is what Chloe is setting the boundaries for herself being. You know what I mean? So it's like, I think you're kind of looking at it like, okay, Chloe's saying one thing to the public and doing another thing behind closed doors. I think that at this point in time, what Chloe's ambiguously saying to the public is also what she's ambiguously doing with Tristan. You are right. That's actually very fair. And I definitely am looking at it like that. And I think that's a really good catch. You know what? Maybe, like I said, maybe I'm projecting the idea of that if she has the boundary of like, they can sleep in the same bed, but they can't be intimate. I, I personally can't envision that happening for myself. So maybe it's totally a projection. Like, I don't think that I would be able to, um, split those two things up because I think the act like I, you know, I feel this way. I think the act of sleeping with somebody literally in the same bed, not having sex is like one of the most intimate things you can do because like when you're sleeping, you're, you're most vulnerable. So I don't mean to get like super technical about this, but when you think about it, when you're actually sleeping in a bed with somebody else, like that really is your most vulnerable. You have your guard the most down when you're asleep. So to me, I consider that act to be right up there with the intimacy of like intercourse. So maybe I, you're right. Like I totally have my own lens on it and that's fair. I guess I just... I don't know. I don't know. Maybe who, who the fuck knows? Let us, let me know what you guys think in, in our DMs. Now I'm curious. Listen, you're speaking to the queen of not being able to actually fall asleep if I have somebody in bed with me. So I get what you mean. Don't worry. Yeah, I know you do. <laughs> Except for Isabel. You and Isabel sleep fine together, I feel like. Well, those are two very different <laughs> things. <laughs> Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So next scene is kind of a continuation of the plot line of Kendall and potential motherhood. So Malika and Chloe bring Malika's son Ace over for Kendall to babysit and they leave. And we kind of just see throughout the scene when you guys watched it, Kendall kind of play this quote mom role. And I just thought she was so cute. (laughs) Yeah, she was adorable. I mean, she's definitely struggling a little bit at first. Um, And she's like, I've never babysat a baby this young before, but she picks it up real quick. (laughs) Okay, so next scene, it's Chris, Chloe, Courtney, and Penelope. And I just have to say, Courtney and Penelope, you saw they had that exact same hairstyle, the ponytail with the braid. It was so adorable. Like, Penelope is such a little lady. She is a little lady. You're so right. Right? She is so cute and sweet. And also just, like, sat there quietly the whole time. Like, just adorable. She's the kind of kid that I 
feel like you can have conversations like more quote adult conversations in front of her because she just feels like an old soul. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I know that's a ridiculous assertion for somebody who has never even been in her presence, but that's just the vibe I get. You get vibes from different kids. Of course. Of course you do. So they're talking about where Kim is. She's on the phone outside and you hear her on the phone saying, I'm happy to come. I mean, I can get on a plane tonight. When I talked to him, he says no. Again, we don't know who she's talking to, but we know she's talking about Kanye. And in her confessional, she says, Kanye's been in Wyoming and he's been posting a lot of things on social media. So that's a little bit frustrating, but you just have to kind of separate yourself from what's going on at home and what's going on on the internet. So I'm trying to go to Wyoming so that I can be with him. And again, I mean, we all saw those photos of her and I don't know if it was this time particularly, but remember those photos of her in the car when she's crying and they were going like to a Wendy's drive through or something. Do you remember that? Yeah, I believe it was definitely this time. Um, And I think the reason that this episode is so interesting is because you were really curious about what was happening behind the scenes between the public breakdown he had versus when she got to Wyoming. That's this time period. Like these are the couple of days in between those two events, which is so, so interesting. It also seems that, you know, they, and Courtney touches on this later, but you know, Kim was totally in the dark about all of this stuff in terms of, it's not like she knew that this was going to happen. And it, it even seems that not that they hadn't been talking, they had been talking, but like, clearly she's discussing the decision of whether or not to come with people other than just him. Right. I, I, I think he was not taking her calls at this time. Well, she said that he says no. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, obviously we would never, ever get Wyoming footage. And honestly, I like recognize how intrusive that is. I don't, wouldn't expect it, wouldn't even want it. But I'd be lying if I said I'm not so curious of like what their first interaction was when they saw each other for the first time when she got off the plane. Oh, same, 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 same. Yeah. Anyway, so inside with Chris, Chloe, Courtney, and Penelope, when they're talking, you know, Chris is just saying that she's, Kim is always the calm in the storm and she feels like she doesn't know how she's dealing with this. And so they kind of have this moment with, this way that I interpreted it, like, Chris, Courtney, and Chloe of kind of just recognizing that Kim so often plays this role and now like they together need to try to play that role for her. And it's not the easiest thing when the person is is such a self-soother. Right. And I think also they had this moment of like, as much as we want her to talk about it, and we probably think that's what's best for her because she can't go through it alone. That's That can't be our role right now because she isn't going to respond well to that or maybe not respond to it at all. So what is the thing that we can do that allows us to be present and allows us to be that support system for her without making it about that. So them settling on this like kind of girls night and them doing it like as a distraction for her was like the best thing for Kim and the next best thing that they could come up with in terms of being there for her. Right. And I mean, we see that play out in a few scenes, but even when Chloe says, you know, I'm not giving her advice right now, I'm just going to listen and I'm going to be a sounding board. And sometimes that is just all you can want from another person. Sometimes you're not going for advice. You're literally just going because you want a physical ear to listen to what you're saying. And I think that oftentimes that can be the greatest level of support that you can give someone else. Right. And when somebody comes to you asking whether which of those two things they need. You know, it's not really an easy thing sometimes to when somebody's not being that vocal, and I'm not saying that Kim wasn't, but sometimes when somebody's just pouring on you, you you really have to know the person well enough to gauge whether or not this is a venting type of situation or this is like they really want 
they want, you know, a conversation about it. And I don't think there's anything wrong with asking. Like I often ask people that initially before I even get into it. Like if someone sends me a long voice note and they don't specify what they need, I oftentimes will start by saying like, I just want to make it clear. If you just want to vent, I am a hundred percent here to listen. Let me know if you want feedback. Cause sometimes feedback, even well-intentioned can be really overwhelming. Yeah, definitely. Next scene is pretty unimportant. And it's just Chloe, Scott and Kendall. And they're kind of talking about how now that Kendall did it with Ace, Chloe's going to level up to the next age group and have her take care of uh, Shrew and Stormy in Chicago. But we'll move on to that in a second. Okay. We are now at the Kim and Tristan scene. Loved every second of this. Same. I had already seen it and I loved it again. <laughs> yeah. Well, now we had so much more context. Right. It was funny, by the way, when Tristan walks in and Kim's like, do you always have to duck for the arch? And he's like, yeah, it depends on the house, not at your house, not at the Kardashian West Museum. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know, I guess it was a year ago when the meme format of like non-sexual things that turn you on was really trending. Yeah. An archway duck is mine. Oh yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Like you got to duck for an archway and my heart starts pounding. Yeah. I, you are so, so, so right. So Kim kind of introduces the conversation about what's going on. And Tristan says, I mean, you know, some days are good and some days she gets a little frustrated by what's going on in the media. And this is when Kim says, again, we've seen the scene about like, I don't even think that it's to her anymore about getting over the past things that have been, that have gone on with you guys. It's more so about what people are going to think. She's like, if she wasn't fine with you, she wouldn't be hanging out with you 24 seven. And I felt like, you know, not that Tristan hadn't heard this from Scott, but I feel like hearing it from Kim, and you kind of alluded to this earlier, it carries a whole different weight. And I actually think that maybe with the exception of Chris, Kim is the opinion besides Chloe that he values the most because he knows she doesn't fuck around. Also, let's not forget, Kim was the hardest on him when all this stuff was going on. So for Kim to say this, I think for Tristan is probably like the best thing he could ever hear. Yeah, I totally agree because Kim isn't going to hold back. If Kim thinks that there is something that he's doing off or that something's wrong, she's not going to hold back on account of his feelings. Her first and foremost thought is Chloe. And I think also if Kim was in a position where she was like, I don't love that they're together. I don't forgive him for what he does, which isn't true. I think she has also moved past it. But I think she is really good at reading Chloe and knowing what Chloe wants and knowing that. Chloe wants them to be together. If there wasn't this outside noise, they would be together. So her support is to Chloe 100,000%. And I think that Tristan, above everything else, knows that. Yeah. And he says to her, you know, she's carrying a suitcase of other people's opinions and thoughts. And this is when Kim says, I just never thought she was like that. I just feel like that wasn't who she was. She was always the tough Chloe that doesn't give a fuck. And this is a moment where having the benefit of watching this show for so many years and so many seasons, you can really understand how deep and how layered that comment is from Kim, because we have watched Chloe's evolution in terms of like the quote, not giving a fuck and how that has slowly dissipated. And I just, I really got what she meant. And like, again, and she gets into this later on, she understands where it's coming from. It's not Chloe's fault, but I really got it because it's like, we know the old Chloe that Kim is referring to. It's not like she's talking about some old persona that we never were made aware of or never had the luxury of getting to know. Yeah, absolutely. And with Kim and honestly with Courtney, I I think they've changed so much throughout the years, but also so little at the same time from a personality perspective. Like I think they've grown a lot, but I don't think they've changed a lot. I think Chloe has changed a lot. Yeah, I completely, completely agree. I, this is 
one of the most telling lines or not telling, but this was one of, to me, my, my favorite moments of the episode when in her confessional, Kim says, I appreciate Tristan coming to me and talking to me about Chloe and how he feels. His feelings are so valid. She's just so concerned with what the public is going to think of her as a human being for taking someone back when they hurt her. You know, being with Kanye, you kind of have to grow a thick skin. So I think he just needs to go to Chloe and tell her how he feels. I just want to say, when you watch her say that and like the inflection of her voice and you can kind of tell, that was a loaded statement. Very. And it's true. I mean, she's had to grow a thick skin. It's interesting because... That sentence a year ago would have seemed very different to me than it is when she's saying it right now, because I think a year ago her saying you have to grow a thick skin being with Kanye was very much like I have to tune everybody else out because I know what I need and I know I'm happy in this situation and Kanye is my person, et cetera, et cetera, where right now that's not necessarily what she means, where she's like, I've had to grow a thick skin because I am really going through it with him. And I have to figure out what's best for my family. And I don't know what that answer is right now. So I have to tune it out in order to be able to listen to what me, myself, and my family needs. Well, exactly. That's what was so layered about this. You're right. That statement changed meanings because also the other thing is like, it's one thing when the world disapproves of your relationship or has thoughts on Kanye. It's another thing when then that script is flipped and Kanye is now coming at you directly. Like when Kim and her family became the target of some of Kanye's social media rants, and obviously we recognize that he was going through a really hard time, but still she they were the target for some of those. That Talk about a thick skin. That's developing one in a totally different way. Yes. And something that's also really interesting is the evolution of Kim's relationship with Kanye was she had to develop a thick skin in a couple different senses. But in the beginning, the thick skin she had to develop was the public saying that Kanye shouldn't be dating this reality star, not that Kim shouldn't be dating Kanye. That narrative flipped over time. Uh, Julie, as you were saying that, all I could think about, and I know you know exactly what I'm thinking about, the Givenchy pregnant Met Ball with the flower dress. Right. That's so loaded. She talked about it so much, but I'm just saying to me, that's where my my mind went. Yeah. The other place my mind goes is um, Kanye and Jay-Z's friendship dissipating and Kim being the blame for that in terms of there being rumors about Beyonce judging or not feeling so great about Kanye dating Kim Kardashian. Like there's a lot of different layers and there was a lot of things where Kim really went through it in the beginning and had to develop a thick skin of her own and then had to develop a thick skin because everyone was judging Kanye. And that is a lot to go through, at least in Chloe and Tristan the blame is put on one person or the harshness from the media, although they both kind of have to take it. It's about what one person's actions were with Kim and Kanye. She's had to develop a thick skin over the years over so many different things. Yeah. Oh my God. The the role reversal in terms of power dynamic is the wrong word, but like, I'm going to call it public perception of respect and the way that that all shifted. I just, I love this conversation. Yeah, me too. Anyway, next scene, we're at Chloe's house. This is when Kendall comes over to watch True Sam in Chicago. If we're ranking the plot lines, this was definitely more of a filler one. However, they are so adorable and I loved watching them, so I didn't mind it. Yeah. Uh, any scene with kids for me is not a filler. <laughs> they're so cute. The way that the way that True and Chicago are just so, like, they're like siblings. Yeah, they're being raised like siblings. It's just adorable. And I could not love it more. Sam is, I cannot even believe how cute he is. He's a mini saint. I just, I'll never be able to get over it. 
So next scene, we're at the Malibu house again, and it's Courtney, Chloe, and Kim. This is when they're having just the girls' night for Kim's enjoyment. And you see they're sitting outside. They're starting to get a little bit drunk. And this is when Chloe starts to interrogate Courtney about her dating life. She's like, okay, I have a question for you. Are you dating anyone? She's like, no, who would I be dating? And they have this whole back and forth about going through her DMs and Courtney saying how hundreds of people DM her. Kim saying, you know, let's get drunk and go through your DMs. And this is when Chloe asks her, do you still talk to what's his name? Courtney says, no. Chloe goes, ever? Courtney says, never. Chloe goes, good. Do you look back and think he might've been a little negative for you? Courtney says, yeah, he'll text me once in a while. Obviously Eunice, correct? Yeah, of course. I felt like what was happening here, clearly it was just a fun, you know, plot line and a little bit of a distraction towards Kim. However, couldn't you sense the energy from Chloe of like, she is so relieved that Courtney is no longer with him and that she did not feel that he was at all like a positive person in her life. Right. And that they've gotten to the point where she can openly admit that without fear that they're going to get back together. Yeah. This scene of talking about Courtney's dating life specifically is, it's just too fascinating. Like all of the other stuff I love, do not get me wrong. The Kim Kanye, the Tristan, Chloe of it all. I cannot get enough of it. There is just something about Courtney and her dating life, whether it's Scott, whether it's somebody else, whether it's just Courtney's feelings in general, that I can watch hours and hours and hours of and just never get sick of it. Oh, of course. I mean, so can I. And well, also because the way that Chloe approaches it is different than the way she approaches it with anyone else. It almost, I have to say that I don't know if it's because they, Courtney and Scott have such a good relationship. I don't know what it is, but there is something about the way that Chloe specifically approaches the conversation regarding Courtney's dating life that is so much more like, this is the word I'm going to use. And you can tell me if you think this is off playfully intrusive. Yes. No, you're not off at all. You are a thousand percent correct. Right? It's like this real playful intrusiveness that I don't feel Chloe feels comfortable being like with any of the rest of them. And maybe that's because they don't feel comfortable talking about it. I don't know what it is, but it's very evident. Yeah, I so agree. I don't know exactly what it is either, but you're right. It is very clear that that's what's going on. And Courtney responds really well to that. Yeah. I mean, she clearly doesn't mind. If she was uncomfortable, they wouldn't be having the conversation. What would you give to see her DMs? Sick. Like, I can't even talk about it. Do you think when they say like hundreds of people are like, let's go through your DMs, they're referring to like random people DMing her, like trying to get like a date with her or something? Or do you think they're referring to like specifically people we would know? No, specifically people we would know. I mean, listen, of course there's fans and stuff and like, you know, the random people shooting their shot. But I think not only celebrities, but also, you know, fame adjacent people. I always give the example of Simon Tickman, Aaron Foster's husband. Like that's the perfect to me, fame adjacent level of somebody that they would consider like, quote, worthy of even acknowledging in their search. Right. So when Courtney says, like, I have hundreds of people in my DMs, do you think all of those people are people we would know? Uh, Like, even if we didn't know by name, we would understand once we started going through it. Yeah. Crazy. Talk about its own show. Oh, celebrity DM should be its own show. And I will just say, Chloe, Kim, and Courtney, that OG, like, just bond- It's so refreshing sometimes to watch. Sometimes I just want to cut out all the noise and just watch the three of them. Yeah, because it's the core of the show at the end of the day. Or it was the core of the show and it feels like every time they're together, you're getting back to it. Actually, Isabel sent me a picture of them sitting outside and she was like, this shot made me really emotional. Yeah, I get it. I really get it. Yeah. 
when on the hunt for a new apartment, we obviously all have things that are kind of non-negotiables for us. I would say for me, top of that list is probably natural light. Just because I know myself, I know I'm more productive throughout the day. I'm honestly just happier throughout the day when I'm getting a lot of natural light. And it's important to know what you want and then really to be able to get that. You know, this is your space that you're living in. So apartments.com has helped millions of renters find their perfect place with powerful search tools to help find a rental listing that checks all your specific unique boxes. So first of all, they have 3D virtual tours. So when you can't be there in person, you can take a tour of your possible future home, which is huge because it's one thing for someone to send you photos or to tell you about it, but really to be able to do kind of a virtual walkthrough to me is huge. Also, apartments.com has the most pet-friendly rental listings on the internet, and they have amenity filters, so you can make sure your possible future home has all the amenities you need, whether that's in-unit washer-dryer, air conditioning, dishwasher, balcony. For me, in my next place, in-unit washer-dryer is like hands down, very, very high. So visit apartments.com, the place to find a place. Okay, so next scene, we briefly check in on Kendall and the kids, and we are now back at the Malibu house. Again, it's Kim, Chloe, and Courtney. They've moved to kind of just hanging out, drinking more outside after dinner. And this is when Chloe asks Kim, how are you and Kanye now? She says moseying along, And Courtney then reveals that Kanye had actually called her a few mornings ago. And Kim's like, what about me? And Courtney is saying, and I quote, he said, it would be nice to be able to say things. I said, yeah, say what you want to say. Maybe it'll start people thinking a certain way or get a thought in their head. But you have to say those tweets publicly. And he said, no, you're right. I shouldn't say that publicly. It's better to say it one-on-one. It wasn't an argument. It was just clearing up, I guess. And they kind of move on from that immediately because Chloe feels like, you know, they're defeating the point of the entire night because they wanted to take Kim's mind off of it. But like, those are the little comments that I think it, it's insight we would have never gotten otherwise. Yeah. I mean, first of all, Chloe started that conversation, so I don't know what she expected. Second of all, I do think that Kanye calling Courtney specifically was one of the most interesting revelations of this entire episode. Well, the thing is, we have no baseline of what Kanye's relationship is like with each of them. Like with any of the other ones, you could understand it a little bit better, right? Like you would know probably who Scott would call. I mean, we don't know who Travis would call necessarily, but there haven't been issues with Kylie and Travis where that's even come up. So with Tristan, you could get a sense, right? Kanye, for me at least, and you could be, you could feel differently. I feel like I'm completely in the dark of how he would even navigate this within the family of who his first phone call would be. Like maybe I would have thought Chris, and then after those tweets, I thought differently. So, like that's just a small thing, but I was like, okay, that's a good piece of information to have. I think we've briefly seen the relationship that Courtney and Kanye have. I'm I'm not super surprised by that because again, going back to Courtney posting the Kanye thing, she was the only one. Um, she's posted text from Kanye before. I think they probably have the closer relationship out of anybody in the family, but of course it's nothing that you can specifically cite as being so out there and so obvious. My one thought is that I think Kanye thinks Courtney relates to him best out of anybody in terms of the Christianity element of it. And in terms of like just Jesus and God and belief systems, um, I think they all have that to a certain extent, but I think Courtney is probably the most on par with Kanye in terms of that. So I think Kanye probably found a sense of comfort in terms of going to Courtney about that type of thing. That's exactly what I was going to say. I think the religious element of it is probably the most bonding. Yeah. Okay. So next scene is Chloe and Kim in the car and they're kind of just reflecting on last night. 
Kim saying that she's not hungover. It's, it's not her style. I think she has something like that. But Chloe says to her, you know, I know you deal with everything on your own, but I do just want you to know it's never a problem. You're never a burden on me or your sisters or your mom. None of us feel that way at all. We want you to know that we're here for you and we love you. And whatever you choose to do is what you choose to do. And this is when Kim says like, she knows that, but she just needs a minute to figure it out on her own. And this is when she says that she's going to go to Wyoming, which like I said, we've seen her talking about, but I guess this was the confirmation that she really was going. Right. In her confessional, she says, my life with Kanye, I got this. I'm dealing with this on my own. It's going to be okay. And I love coming to Malibu and escaping and just being as in the moment as possible. My sisters know that and I love them for it. So again, what we said last week about Kim's, you know, kind of silence was not just outward, you know, was not just front facing. I think it also really was internal. Yeah, definitely. I believe so too. Also, sometimes when you're the person that everybody comes to for things, it's not that you don't feel comfortable opening up, but you just feel like you're going to get better answers yourself, you know? Yeah. It, it, it often can make you feel like more alone in a way, I think. I think she views herself very much as the rock of the family. Obviously, Chris is to a certain extent just in terms of momager and matriarchy and all of that. But I do think that Kim very much views herself as the core of everything. People are always coming to her, not just because she gives the best advice, but because like she kind of keeps everything afloat. She is, she has her shit together. She always does. That's her thing. And I think it's really hard when you're somebody with a reputation for just having it always together to then have to admit that you don't, even if anybody, everybody can blatantly see that you don't, even if everybody knows that you're going through something that's so understandably, you wouldn't have it together. I think it's really hard to be like, yes, that is, that's who I am. I am in that situation right now. It's not the easiest thing to admit to others, especially not to yourself. Oh my God, beyond so. She doesn't, I don't even think in this moment, maybe she would see it in retrospect. And obviously, again, I was about to say if, and I'm going to change it to when, when we eventually have her on the podcast, I would love to talk to her about that particular thing about like, now that she's looking back on certain things that she has been through, does she feel that the pressure of that exact role maybe weighed on her more than she knew it did in the moment. I just, I don't think you can separate the two. I just don't. No, I don't think you can either. And again, it's not on anyone else. Like nobody is doing anything wrong. Nobody is making her feel like she can't break down. But I just think it's so deeply ingrained in her and she's almost kind of taken that on herself. And understandably so she is. I mean, it's not like she has this view that's not consistent with reality. That is the reality. But, you know, it it just, it's like allowing yourself that, that space. But I don't know. Sometimes I think that the role that you feel you are can, it can impact that. I don't know. It, it, it's not just Kim. I mean, this goes for so many people. Yeah, of course. Okay. Last scene, we're at the Malibu house and this is when we get a lot of Chloe interest in. Starting off on a little bit of a lighter note, when she makes the comment about how Scott is jet skiing with the kids and she's like, I don't think Courtney would like that, but you know what? Not my kids. Yeah, she was like, I do not I do not have to have control over everything. I can just let this one go. I was like, good for you, Chloe. Yeah. And this is when Tristan takes Kim's advice and kind of opens up to Chloe about how he's feeling using kind of the comment as the catalyst for all of this and explaining his conversation with Scott and just saying like, I understand what I've done to you. I know what I've done to you. And it was a lot of trauma and a lot of people talk bad about you. And of course, you're the type of person where you want everyone to love you and care and stuff. But I feel like our bond and how far we've come is stronger than letting that, you know, hold us up. And Chloe says back to him that, you know, she is going to keep things more private. And 
about, you know, the fact that her life is about protecting things that deserve protection. She doesn't want to overexpose certain areas of her life. Clearly, this is like a little bit of a new stance that she's having, obviously. Yeah, which is understandable. This is probably her breaking point in terms of what she can control. And I think you and I had this conversation where we were saying like, she's, I'm sure she is so sick of the comments about her face. I mean, I'm 100% positive that she is just done with it. But it's not like she's going to control the amount of pictures she's putting out. She has to post. It's it's. There are so many comments that she gets where no matter what she does, there's just no control over what people are going to say. But the Tristan of it and her family and her relationship, that is something that she can hide a little bit better in terms of public scrutiny. So that's the one thing I think that it's like, it's not that I'm hiding you. It's not that I'm ashamed of you. I just can't deal with the reactions and you have to be the byproduct of that then. Oh, for sure. I, yeah, we did talk about this. That's the fact. That's the thing. This is something that she can actually control. She like, aside from the fact that it would just be so off brand for her to just stop posting herself because that is like their entire thing. She literally has campaigns. I mean, she has good American campaigns. She has dose and co-collagen campaigns. She can't. I mean, she factually and contractually can't. Tristan is one thing where she can restore that a little bit, that control back a little bit. And especially knowing some of Chloe's other personality traits and, you know, how control can manifest itself for her in terms of her OCD and other things, I can understand why she wants to take this concrete step. Yeah, definitely. Me too. In her confessional, she's saying, you know, I'm incredibly grateful for Tristan. I'm so grateful for where we are. And I'm thrilled that he's on board for, for True to have a sibling. But I think that at romantic level, I'm still pretty guarded. I'm just figuring things out. And I'm really just trying to keep these matters really, really private. And what Tristan says to her is, you know, but that comment, I think with you deleting that or going about it like that, it didn't feel private. It felt like you're trying to keep a secret. And for me as a man, it's like, damn, I'm not a side motherfucker. Without saying it, he was saying he felt emasculated by that. Right. Which again, I get, and by no means am I invalidating his feelings because I think they're very real. However, he would not be in this situation if he himself did not have side chicks. So let's just remember what's going on here, you know? Of course. The irony of that like can't be lost on us. No, no, cannot be. You're right. And she says back to him, you know, like, of course I didn't want to hurt your feelings. And she didn't mind what Scott said. She minded the aftermath of it. And like, it's not just with you. She goes, my soul is at a breaking point from how much I can handle in regards to the public thinking they're allowed to talk about my weight, my face, my personal life. Just like, I don't want to hear this anymore. We've spoken about this at length. I don't want to exhaust the issue, but it, I very much can understand, even though she signed up for it, I very much can understand how she, how she may be feeling. Cause I can't even, I can't even fathom that. No, I can't either. And I, I do so, so feel for her, especially finding that balance between like, I do want to share this and I do want you guys to be involved. And I do want the people who love me and care about me and support me to have that piece of me, like just in terms of her fans, she has some incredibly supportive fans and you can see the way she interacts with them on Twitter and social media. Like if you go to Chloe's comment section, you cannot even believe how many things she replies to and how many comments she replies to. So I think there is a part of her that's constantly fighting. Like I have all of these fans and people who love me and support me that want to see this. And I don't know how to figure out how to limit <laughs> my exposure to just those people. Right, exactly. I And I, I think it, Julie, yeah, it was about this episode when we were talking about it a little bit after before we recorded and you said to me, like, I can't believe that there are still people that are popping up that want to be famous. Like, 
especially in light of this. And we were just reflecting on that after this episode, because it just, I know clearly the Kardashians are like the farthest end of the spectrum, but holy shit. I mean, to be able to not like do anything to your appearance, to your life without causing such an uproar, literally, as I'm saying that I'm noticing my body language has shifted across my arms. And I like started to hunch over a little bit because it makes me so uncomfortable. Like the thought of it gives me like actual anxiety. And so I, I just can't imagine it. I just really can't. Yeah. I think it is also the thing that makes me the most anxious. And I do wonder often how many people would take it back entirely if they could. Right. The Kardashians wouldn't. I don't think they would either, but I, I do have to wonder. And I'm not even talking Kardashians. I just mean in general, everyone who's popped up or thought fame was some sort of thing that they had romanticized in their head and it didn't end up being like it at all. And now it's too late to go back. How many people would just be like, if I could, I would. Mm -hmm. She says to him here, you know, I'm not trying to hurt anyone's feelings, especially yours. And I'm really sorry. I will be more aware. I just have to protect my mental health. I want to talk about that comment in a second, but I first just want to say in her confessional, this was, I know I've said this like five times this episode. This was the line that to me was the most impactful. I'll explain why when she says, I'm really trying to work on letting things go and know that not everyone knows everything that happens behind closed doors. And I've lost that. I guess it's confidence that I once had in myself and I just hope I get it back. If you watched this and you saw the way that she paused and hesitated before she said, I guess it's confidence talking about what she's lost. It's like she's never said that out loud before. And while it must be really hard to make that acknowledgement, I have to imagine at a certain level, it's liberating to be able to take off the facade of like, I got it, I got it, I'm unaffected. And just acknowledge that I am really affected and this has taken hit on my confidence. Obviously, I, my heart hurts for her. I wish that that never happened. However, I'm so glad that she's saying it. Yeah, me too. I so agree, like very much so. It is confidence though. Like that's exa- that is the right word. Yeah, it, it is. And it's funny, Isabel and I had this conversation when we were watching the old episodes and we were saying like, she's such a different person and it almost seems like there is a spark in her that's gone. Like she, like something that just like dimmed in her um, throughout time. I, I think between Lamar and Tristan and just the public berating her at every chance they get, that it does seem like something's just kind of permanently shut off. And I hope there is a part of her that gets that back. Obviously, so much changes when you get older and you can't have that same amount of fun that you had in your early 20s when you're bopping around Miami and New York and LA like free and single. But there does seem like there's an aspect of her personality that's just been forever damaged. And it seems like now she is kind of acknowledging that to a certain extent. I know. It makes me sad. But like I said, simultaneously happy that it's at least being put out there. Right. I guess it's just that I removed it from like the micro lens of just talking about Chloe. And I was trying to, I think what was happening while I was watching the scene was that I like subconsciously started looking at it from a little bit more of like a macro perspective in that Chloe is just one person that has tried to fake this, like whatever it was. And then for her to finally say like, I am not okay. And this is impacting me. I just felt like it was representative or what I could, what I hope could be representative of other people feeling like, you're not weak for acknowledging that things are getting to you. That's how I felt. I think that's why I found this line to be so important. Yeah, I so get that. I totally agree. And Tristan says to her, you know, obviously it's easier said than done. It's a process. We got to try together. I put you here. So I'm here with you through this. I'm going to be by your side. And, you know, he's just happy that they talked. And again, 
I think that that was a really good way for him to handle it. Again, not praising the bare minimum. I just want to say that I think that we have seen growth in him. Yeah, I think we have too. I He's very good, I think, obviously, at acknowledging what he's done. But I think something that he does well and something that the rest of the family does well is that they're able to acknowledge it without harping on it. Because you can't, uh, regardless of what he's done right now, where we're at with their relationship is they're in either get back together mode or be together romantically mode. And that cannot happen if everyone is sitting here harping on the past. It has to be like, I acknowledge the wrong and we're moving forward. So every time it comes up, it's like, yes, this happened. Let's look to the future. Whereas I think in so many cases, when something like this were to happen, it could be used as like a weapon against them where it's like, don't say that. Remember how badly you screwed up in the past? Or like, you can't do that. I have you like by the balls because I know what you did. And I'm going to remind you of it every chance you get. It doesn't seem like that when they talk about it. It seems very like acknowledgement, but growth. And that is kind of the perfect combination because you can't get through it if you're not acknowledging it at all. And you can't get through it if you're only acknowledging it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I guess the best way that I can put it is I feel like Scott may be a little bit envious watching the grace with which Tristan has been given for some of this in terms of the family. And I guess in terms of Chloe, because Courtney was not as graceful with him. Not, literally nothing wrong with how she did it, but don't you kind of agree? Yeah, I I think that you're right. And, and I don't think that Scott's envious. I think Scott's doing that thing where when something happens to you, you can go one of two ways where it's like you either perpetuate it or you help the other person grow from it. And I think he's very much like, I know what I went through and how hard it was for me to work and how you know, sometimes the family was not so forgiving of me. I'm going to be forgiving of you and help you get to that place because I know it's possible to get there. Right. It wasn't like a misery loves company thing. It wasn't like a, this is, this is your, you know, this is kind of like your entry right into this family. I think he was like, I don't want that to happen to anyone. Again, I get it. Like, let's not forget both of these things were self-inflicted. The men in these situations did the, did it to themselves. So this is not anybody else's fault, but yes, for sure. And I also think there's a difference between like, this is what I would want for myself. This is what I can't look past, which is the way a lot of people look at Chloe. And it's like, well, if somebody did this to me, I would never forgive them in a million years. I would never let them do this and that. I think you have to look it through the lens of like, okay, we're past that. This is what Chloe wants. This is what Chloe's doing. What in this situation is being done right versus wrong? Right, exactly. I mean, you have to, or then you're just living in the past and that's just not benefiting anyone. Right, and this is when Chloe says to him, yeah, I mean, Scott and Kim, they're all team Tristan. And Tristan goes, yeah, that's my family. You just got to come join us. <laughs> <laughs> I loved that. And and it just ends with a Chloe and Tristan confessional. And he just says, you know, leave her alone. I loved this episode. Me too. And next week, they're going to parent trap Courtney and Scott. And I just physically can't wait. I'm going to die. Oh, my God. Wow. Guys we got to hold on to these episodes because they're our last ones ever, at least in this particular format with this particular name. And I'm so glad we have all of you to go through it with. And thank you every week for coming and debriefing these episodes with us. We love you guys so, so, so much. It really makes watching the show a million times better. Anything else? No, I think that's it, kid. Okay, we love you guys so much. Isabel and I will see you on Friday for our Bravo show. Bye.